I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Yeah, it's fine. It was all wrong. It doesn't have to be true. I just have to say it with confidence. I learned that from presidents. Anyway. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve, episode 139, where we break down Black Panther... Wakanda forever. I think it's only fair when talking about this movie to put it in the proper lens of what a really difficult job Ryan Coogler had to pull this thing off. Because he not only put together a movie that made a billion dollars, won an Oscar, put a lot of butts in seats at Marvel movies that weren't normally there, uh, opened up a really grand new world in the first Black Panther, but then his lead character dies. Not the lead character, the lead actor dies Yeah, in between the first and the second movie. And so he has to not only let you as an audience member grieve over the loss of Chadwick Boseman and of T'Challa in the MCU, but he also has to show the other characters who were just sub-characters. They were the second-tier mm-hmm. characters in the previous movie mourn T'Challa's death, but then he has to elevate them to the primary characters. Right. All while introducing a new god in a new universe, <laughs> essentially, and making that story flow, while also introducing a new superhero who's going to be taking the MCU by storm over the next couple of years, if I had to guess. All of that, and he still made a really compelling, a really good, a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there, I, I don't think this is a perfect movie by any means. I don't know if this is the top 10 best MCU movies. Mm-hmm. But because of everything that was stacked against this movie, I kind of was like, man, there, I just don't think there's any way to pull this off. Like yeah. the the biggest antagonist is Aquaman with wings on his feet, yeah. you know, and, like not even. And they lean into those wings. They do. Yes. <laughs> and he still made it cool. And he made the movie good. I, I do have some complaints about the movie, some nitpicking, but overall yeah. from what he was asked to do and what, Yep. The circumstances around it, my goodness, hats off to Ryan Coogler and to yep. the cast because they did such a great job. And to the writers, too, who were able to put this terrible thing that happened in real life right. and make it make sense into their movie and into their universe that they've created. It would be one thing if this was a trilogy and oh, we kind of got a shift course at the second movie of a trilogy. This is movie 32 of... Who knows how many? And they still had to find a way to make it seamlessly fit. And I think they did. Um, The movie opens up with a black screen. And you hear Shuri, the woman of science, who doesn't follow the tradition or believe in the religions and stuff. And she's praying to uh, a goddess and says, you know, if you heal my brother, like, I'll believe in you again. Or something to that effect. And I was like, oh, no, they're really just going to punch me right in the heart at the beginning of this. <laughs> and you see her in front of the helix, and she's, like, trying to change stuff out. And I was like, I, I was sitting there opening night in the theater, and I just, like, I sank into my chair. And I was just like, oh, man, this hurts. Which is, I think, what not only what the director was going for, but also I think what you kind of needed to do in order yeah. to grieve and move on in the terms of this movie, just like the characters. Um but man, they did that so great. And I think there's hints later on 
that he didn't tell anybody that he was sick. And he, he you know, which is mm-hmm. what Chadwick Boseman did in real life. Um, at least yeah. not everybody knew. Um, even his sister. He didn't tell his sister until, like, it was kind of too late for her to even help. And you see her struggling to put together the magic herb thing. And which, you know, that'll come back later. I thought that was pretty obvious. This will be a thing that later on she's going to figure out how to do. Um, but that was such an intense opening scene. Yeah. And in my heart of hearts, I knew she wasn't going to come up with the antidote or, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she can't. But I was still kind of like, oh, come on, go, 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 try faster. Yeah, 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 make it, make it, print it, print it, print it. And I was like, I, I know it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. that it shows you it's a, it's a great, uh, it is a, it's a, it was a good opening and it was a really great way of saying, hey guys, we're about to be on a roller coaster together, so just strap in. Right. And, and it was both uh, parts respectful and there was also like a celebratory aspect of it. Like the the funeral procession and everything. Yeah. It was very a celebrating of life, which I thought was really beautiful. But you, you're right. It does. This is a huge hurdle this movie had to come go over. And instead of tripping up over it, they get they acknowledge it right away. Like, hey, this has happened. We're not going to go into the nitty gritty of what happened in the movie universe, mm-hmm. but we know what happened, and yeah. we're going to deal with it and and in a respectful way. And I, I think it's interesting. I, re- I read an IMDb trivia that Chadwick Boseman's brother um, had spoken out about retiring the character altogether because that's mm-hmm. not what Chadwick Boseman would have liked. And and I think that's really respect like like noble of Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman as a person but I don't think us as an audience would be ready to just move on to a new actor if they had recast the it yeah, right. yeah that would have felt it would have felt um, disingenuous to, to yes. what we hit what he did for the MCU yes. and for a lot of viewers of, of superhero movies yeah kind of can't be topped it was right. pretty incredible um, and, so no I'm with you on that the, the writers of the funeral scene ends which by the way Shuri is holding the original Black Panther mask mm. when the funeral procession, which I'm pretty sure was what he wore in Captain America Civil War, the first time we see Black Panther. Mm. I thought that was pretty cool. And then as the uh, right after the funeral scene ends, um, they do the Marvel title card deal, which normally yeah. has a bunch of different superheroes and a and it's a bunch of explosions and Captain America throwing a shield. And instead it was just silent and it was a bunch of different shots of Chadwick Boseman in yeah. the uh, Marvel sign. I cried like a baby. And we're not even 10 <laughs> I, yeah. minutes into this movie. And I'm wiping away my tears. I'm trying not to like let my yeah. shoulders go up so people know that like I'm crying. I broke into tears at like three different points in this movie also. Yeah. It was impactful. It was, mm. it was When intense. they show his face on the side of the wall, painted on the side of the wall, that hurt yeah. me more than seeing Tony Stark painted on the side of the wall in, in No Way Home or yeah. whatever Spider-Man lost in Europe. With yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. That sounds like a bad movie. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of this movie of us getting carried through these scenes lie on the shoulders of Letitia Wright and Angela Bassett. Dude. And yep. those two characters, the Black Panther's mom and sister, both step up in this movie in incredible ways. Yeah. the uh, That scene you were talking about in the courtroom... She did really great in that one, um, and, of showing her power. And she has cannons. Yeah, her, she's built. She yeah, is so strong. Yeah, you I've never wrong. noticed that. Yeah, she walks in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am terrified. And she then could she could kick my butt. <laughs> and so she's so quick. 
<laughs> and she's equally as strong, uh, you know, uh, with her words. She she dresses down the two other UN countries that are like France and the US. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, Wakanda's needs. We need want their resources. They're not sharing. Meh. I think it was funny that it was the French that invaded Wakanda to try to get their yeah. tech. When like it was, if it was gonna be like France or USA, like which one of these will strike first to get weaponry? Like probably yeah. the US if, yeah. if, between us and France. I thought it was funny they made it France. Um, not that they were shy on taking punches at America as a whole later on in this I movie. I'll say Julia Louis Dreyfus kind of represents that aspect she sure did. of yeah. America really yeah. well. Um, but Angela Bassett's scene later on in the movie. Uh, when she's talking to Okoye and she kicks her out of the door on the oh, lounge or whatever, yes. and she stands up and she says, have I not suffered enough? Have I not given everything? I yeah. was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, you win. Yeah. You win and we all lose. You take the Oscar now. Go, <laughs> go run. If we, if we want to jump to that scene, I, I love... like, like so, so Okoye is a character that is so strong. And every time she's on the screen, you feel how strong she is. And this movie kind of takes her power away in that scene. She gets demoted. And I I don't like it in sequels when they they take a really strong character and they just break them down because mm-hmm. they, you need to build them back up for that hero's journey. I, I think that's a lot of the reason I go back to go back to Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. We have a character that goes through this arc and then in 2 and 3 we knock him down. He, he He's not Iron Man anymore until he is, you know. And I, I don't like that. I think it's lame to make your character lame because you need to <laughs> sure. make him better throughout the movie. But this movie puts so much in that scene to explain why Queen Ramonda is like pissed at Akoya. Yeah. And also you feel her hurt in yeah. the world and how, you know what? I, it, I don't think there was a person on this earth who watched that scene and was like, Man, I feel like uh, Queen Ramonda, you know, is being unreasonable. It's like, yeah, she is hurt and dealing with so much, and she is not giving any sympathy because she's got no more to give. Yeah, and so that actually sets up a real cool deal for later on in the movie, but also, I think, for the future of the MCU. I think in the comics, Akoya gets kicked out for something, like, way, way different than just losing Shuri. Yeah. But she goes on to become the Midnight Angel in okay. this movie and that's yeah. also in the comics uh where she gets that weird predator slash iron man suit um and just kills a bunch of people um so i thought i thought that was uh yeah they they tore her down to build her back up as something different um yeah. which was interesting before we get like too far ahead of ourselves though yeah i want to talk about the macguffin of this movie <laughs> well if you had to pick a macguffin of this movie what is it vibranium okay I go uh, for the listener at home. A MacGuffin is a story device that is used in pretty much every movie, where it drives the plot of the movie and all of the characters and their actions, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the actual core of the movie, uh, like the Lost Ark and Raiders of the Lost Ark, like the Matrix and the Matrix, um, like the Infinity Stones in the Infinity Saga. Uh, in this movie, I would venture to say that either Vibranium or Riri Williams, the MacGuffin of this movie, because <laughs> she doesn't need to be in this movie at all. You could uh-huh. cut 100% of her part out, and you'd, you'd just cut out 35 to 40 minutes of the movie, which is already kind of 40 minutes too long. But here's the deal. 
I know that sounded like a con. I loved her. I thought she was great. She might have been my favorite part of this movie. So even though about halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't think you fit in this. Yeah. Um, they introduced me to a character I think I'm really going to like, who is yeah. going to be the next Tony Stark. Or kind of her own thing, not next just I, the next Tony Stark. Right, yeah. right. I, I agree with you that Riri's part is is so interesting and so great. And so the, this movie lies a lot on the shoulders of Letitia Wright, Shuri. She takes on the mantle of Black Panther. She takes on the lead role in this movie. She steps up. And her part is very serious, very intense, very dramatic. She's dealing with a ton of really complex emotions um, and whether she can handle and process them or not. Um, but Riri is a very fun role that gets dropped into this world and allows us to have some fun throughout this movie following some people that are hurting a lot and keep getting punched in the gut. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. They needed Riri Williams in this movie because in the first movie, uh, Shuri was the comedic relief. Yeah. And she had to become the main character, so we needed a comedic relief character. Uh, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, but her suit I thought was super cool. Her being this kid who made a vibranium detector for a school project. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm for it. That's cool. Like, I, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Um, her intro scene was very fun with Akoya and Shuri yes. in the dorm room. And- yes. Uh, her throwing the heater or the the you brought spear to my room <laughs> yes oh when they're trapped underwater and the uh, uh fish people show up and give shuri like a white dress and she's like no don't take that like major super villain vibes <laughs> i think she listened she said like beauty and the beast uh um, yeah, yeah uh, what yeah. was it beauty and the beast princess leia from star wars that white chick from indiana jones like <laughs> yeah. so funny that line was so great I need to see this movie again just to like focus on her performance and like yeah. being able to relax because I thought she was great. Now, was this necessary to tell this story? No, you might have actually turned me. Maybe she, maybe she was needed for the comedic relief because everybody else that knew Black Panther before needed the opportunity to mourn him. And I will get back to that point here in a little bit because that's another con I have for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to the villain, the, pro- the antagonist of this movie, Namor. Um, I don't know about you. I was super worried about how they were going to do this. Yeah. Uh, I was very, I was very sure that it was going to be bad. The way they were going to introduce him was going to be bad, that he was going to be lame. Um, he, he didn't steal the show for me, but he was very close to stealing the show for me. I thought he was a lot of fun. I thought he gave that character a really cool spin. They changed the entire character basically, but I get it. I get why they did it. He gave a really great performance. He was kind of creepy. And he was like real um, stoic. And then he was also very fierce. I actually really liked his portrayal. Even though he didn't look like what I thought like a, like Crawford says, an Omega level mutant should look like. Right, right. He still, he did a great job and he won me over actually pretty quick uh, in the movie. From like his opening scene, I was like, all right, I'm kind of in on you. (laughs) Um, I thought that that was really great. What were your thoughts on Namor? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. The performance, uh, was it Tina Cuerta? I'm sure I pronounced that. I wasn't going to try to do that. I'm glad you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fall on that sword. Um, but his performance was incredible. Like, like really, this is such a tightrope of a character. You have to walk to be interesting, to be believable, to be cool. 
And I think the intensity he brought to it really sells a lot of the anger, this this fear, this drive for combat, for war. You really feel that, and you feel that he is ready to fight any and everyone to keep his uh, underwater world safe. Uh, but I agree with you. This is a very difficult character to pull off. He doesn't look super... Like, the winged feet, they really lean into that. We mentioned it earlier. Yeah. I still don't know where I where I land on the... He looked, he looked... I'll tell you this. It looked way cooler in the movie than I thought it looked in the comics. And the comics was like, <laughs> that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it looked really cool, I thought. Yeah. Uh, but no, they, I think they wrote the character well uh, as far as kind of... they 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 give him some backstory, but they hold a lot of it back. They don't give you too much to be like, hey, let me spend 20 minutes explaining every single detail of why you should care about this character. They they hold a lot of it back, which I liked. I think there are some things that I, I, I would have liked more of to kind of understand him. Because he, 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 at the end of the movie, he's still kind of left with this kind of an, an enigma, kind of where, what does he want? What is his, his motives? Sure. Um, so I, I wish we would have gotten a little more honestly. And I, I th- his this was my major concern with this movie is that Neymar is the major villain, and I have never once been like, oh, you know who's my top ten sure character, my top ten mutant. Which is this when they yeah. introduce mutants? Is this the first time that we get? This it? is I the get... first time a character has said, "I'm a mutant." Yeah. Um, there, it's been dropped at least once. It was dropped in Miss Marvel. Mutation was dropped, but okay. I don't think it is. Professor X legally, shows up in sure. Madness. Professor X shows up in Doctor Strange too. But this is the first time you've heard the word mutant said, mm-hmm. which is I think because they legally couldn't do it until like the last year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the rule. Um, I thought that the changing his backstory, his origin story, was really great. Um, one to add the like grounded element into it, right. but also two because like. Aquaman didn't come out that long ago. And I think it is funny that um, it's how these always work. But Aquaman, the comic came out after uh, Namor's comic did. So they kind of just ripped off Namor. And then they got to make the movie first. So it would have seemed like the opposite. Had they just done the same thing. Uh, But their origin stories are like like 99% the same. Um, So I thought them changing that was really good. Yeah, and and I I really liked how they wrote the character as far as I am a god of my world and I mm-hmm. we have been separate and I want it to remain that way and I'm gonna go to Wakanda who has vibranium also because they're gonna know and it's also kind of their fault that we were discovered so we're gonna ally with yeah. them really loved that I really loved a lot of that the one thing my one big knock on his character was his plan seemed to be. Shuri, come to my city. Look how cool this is. This is really important. Now you know why I have to kill that scientist. Let me kill that scientist. <laughs> um, I I didn't like that. I was like, there's no matter how cool your city is, you're not going to get <laughs> Shuri to believe, hey, we should kill this one person who's done you know nothing wrong. Let me ask you this. I, I get that. Let me ask, whose plan is worse? That plan, Namor's plan, or Shuri's big plan of, Hey, we're gonna fight all the water people. We're gonna take a boat out to the middle of the ocean because, like, you—that was very Napoleon. Yeah, of sure. yeah, yeah. Be like, no, nah, we know they're better fighters and they're even more powerful in the water. So let's take our entire army into the middle of the ocean. I was like, right, time right. 
that was I was like, this this is a joke, right? This is not yeah. the real plan. <laughs> like I get the I get you need to get them to a desert, but like there right, had to be right. another one. There had what to if, be another one. And hear me out. What if we moved Wakanda to a desert? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Done. You know, yeah. Now we're solved fine. all no. your problems. No, you I would have lost all the vibranium, Drew. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're right. You're right. And <laughs> but yeah, the 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 super secret third act reveal, which is we have a giant invisible boat really feels like more of a step backwards than a step forwards if you ask me. Uh, that the uh, I thought there was some cool they laid some cool stuff with Namora, uh cousin yeah. of Namor and uh Atuma. The, yeah, the hammerhead yeah. shark warrior. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And Atuma, they set the kind of the seeds for there being um some dysfunction in mm. uh Talokan. In the near future, they set up some. They and so in the comics, uh, Namor in in uh, Black Panther, like sometimes he's friendly and then sometimes he's crazy and trying to take over mm-hmm. the whole world. And then he goes back to being buddies and then he goes back to trying to steal, kill everybody in Wakanda. And so I think they did that kind of cool thing. He starts off as this foe, then he kind of becomes a friend, then he kills the queen, and he's a, definitely a foe again. Yeah, yeah And he yeah. tries to kill everybody, and then at the end, he's like, they're kind of friends, but you can tell he's like, no, nah, like, I did this because, like, they need us. And, yeah, you know, we're going to yeah. need them someday. And so he does, it wasn't, like, all out of the kindness of his heart. Um, that's a little jumping in. Oh, my note was, um, when he says Imperius Rex, which is his, like, yeah, okay, it's, I had a it's his big that. thing from the, it's like his... Catchphrase? Thank you. That's his catchphrase. That was like just as lame as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I was like, I really hope they don't do this. I hope they don't give him this in the movie, and they didn't. That was just as lame. But the yeah. wings on the feet were way less lame than in the comics. That's so true. That That's was true. a that was a good deal. Before we get to the the final bit there, um, I wanted to hit real quick Julia Louis Dreyfus and uh, mm-hmm. the guy who played Watson and Sherlock Martin um, Freeman. Thank you very much, um, Allegra de Fontaine. Showing up, I was like, "Oh, yeah, cool! We're getting some yeah, Thunderbolts yeah. action." They said she's the head of the CIA. That's news to me. I didn't know that because okay. Thunderbolt Ross was supposed to be the head mm. of the CIA, as far as I knew. And then the the bomb is dropped that she's married or was married to Martin Freeman's character. That that was funny, and also I can kind of see where they're going with this now. Right. Um, and, and I thought that also. I'm not sure Ross. His whole storyline needed to be in the movie. Um, I get they're trying to set up the Thunderbolts, which I'm for. Um, but we'd only seen Allegra in. Hmm, we saw her in the end of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Saw her recruiting right, right. U.S. agent. We right. saw her yeah. uh, convincing Yelena to kill Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think that's kind of it up to this point. Um, so, knowing now that she's the head of the CIA. Uh, I've got some theories on where Thunderbolt Ross is now, um, but I do think that that leaves a very. I think you're. I think the Thunderbolts movie is going to be putting together a Suicide Squad to get Vibranium now, yeah. As opposed to, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but I think that is the next logical step. Yeah. Which I'm excited about that, and I think that she's great. I think she's a lot of fun every time she's on screen. Um, and she does a great job representing. Hey. America would really like vibranium and we don't really care. You know, yeah. it's, it's a very good representation of politics and, you know, government not caring about ramifications. They're just, we want all of the nukes so that we can't be nuked yeah. type of mentality. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I think she does a really great job of that, like, and brings some some humor to what could be a very dull or serious character. Um, I, I, you know, I know we're speeding through and we're hopping over this this movie a little bit. I, I want to touch on uh, Nikita a little bit because she's a major character, um, Black Panther's girlfriend, played by Lupita. I'm sorry, Nakia. I, I may have mispronounced. I apologize. Uh, both after <laughs> I've <laughs> and before a whole lot more. What if I mispronounce uh, any name? Um, but she is a very cool and very interesting character. I've really liked her role as kind of the Wakandan spy who infiltrates and gets behind the scenes. Um, and when Queen Ramonda goes to her in Haiti and be like, "Hey, you know, it's okay. You weren't at the funeral," and the and and you know, I guess they don't really talk about it there, but um, they do later on in the movie. Yeah, but I I came into this movie expecting her to be the next Black Panther. I expected oh, her okay. to take on the role. Um, and even throughout a large part of this movie, I was expecting, um, not. I, I know we haven't talked about it yet, but I expected Shuri to kind of be the new Killmonger and Nakia was going to have to also take the plant to kind of balance out her oh, revenge. That's what I expected to happen. Um, I like that this character has kind of remained distant from the throne. She does not have any desire to rule that's not her gig she's not what she wants and i like that there's a character that's strong and a good leader or a good soldier who doesn't is not driven by this yeah she's the stealth dagger that needed to balance out the vibranium sledge sledgehammer <laughs> of the of the black right. panther of, yeah no I'm with or you. of imbaku uh who also yeah. has an incredible role that we haven't talked about a bunch he yep. We talk about comedic relief. Every time he's on the scene, I am happier. He's great. <laughs> that actor is great. I don't think I've seen him in a whole bunch. Yeah, Winston I like Duke. He, Winston this, Duke. Yeah, I think Black Panther was his big breakout role. I'm sure he's been in stuff before that, but that's like what put him on the map. And he is just like he embodies this character. He when he comes on scene the first time eating a carrot. I was like, yes, oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he has that line where it's they're like, "What would you do, Mbaku?" And he's like, uh, "Go find him and kill him." Yes, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was great. so great. Such a great like the best line reading of that because it's just like, yeah, obviously that's what I would do. Why are we not, you know? And then Why are you asking me? Yeah, and then he kind of takes on that kind of uh, uh, counselor role or like a wise counsel to Shuri. Um, which I really like also because uh, I feel like uh, Chadwick Bose T'Challa was kind of that to him in the first movie. He was yeah. kind of the, you know, very, I'm going to fight and I'm stronger so I should be the leader. And he, he kind of learned something from T'Challa. And now he's passing that on to Shuri, which I thought was a really cool, really great story arc circle. Another great circle in the Black Panther storytelling uh in the movie we're introduced to Black Panther, Captain America Civil War. If you remember, it ends with um, it ends with him stopping Baron Zemo from killing himself. And he decides not to kill Baron Zemo. And he said, rage has consumed me. And then he looks at Tony Stark and uh, Cap and he says, it's consuming them right now. Yeah. He said, I won't let it consume me any longer. You take that and you look at what Shuri does as soon as she gets the power. And really it was before then. She said... She might she might set the whole world on fire yeah. if she sets her morning gown 
on fire morning yeah. gowns, not the right word, but that's what I'm going <laughs> with. Um, so I, you, you see, you see the rage consume Shuri, um, and what that could mean when she takes the herb and she sees Killmonger and it's lit up on fire like it was when he burned, um, the place down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that has repercussions. I think it was interesting that they let us see that in a movie that's like what two hours and forty five minutes long. They sure took their time with her, like coming to her grips and like understanding that she needs to do what's right and not let her rage consume her. Um, she can be mad at the world all she wants, but she she can't burn it down with her. Um, and well, to the point where in that last that last fight scene, I like was pretty sure she was gonna kill Namor. Yeah, like yeah. I was, I was not like certain she wasn't going to. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, they're really the movie had not set up any reason for her not to either. Um, if we want to jump back just to, like into the middle of her kind of story arc when she takes the the herb and goes to the ancestral plane, which she doesn't believe in, which I think is a really I I. I Normally, don't hop in on you know scientists versus religions story arcs. I think that's kind of like all right. Let's just let's get to something more. And I, I'm not interested by that. I think this movie does a really great job of kind of backdooring a little bit Shuri's refusal to accept her brother's death with the fact that she hides behind science and yeah. is not going to accept any ancestral, any religious, any um, Wakandan tradition. Um, and then uh, she goes to the ancestral plane and, and uh, meets Killmonger. That's who she sees, which I thought was a very cool reveal. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Were, were we showed that in the trailer? Was it? Was no. It showed that Chadwick or uh, we didn't know that uh, Michael, Michael B. Jordan, Jordan was in the movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I loved that reveal. That was so cool and really made sense for the character. I liked that they set that yeah. up. This character, Shuri, is not ready. She has not dealt with her conflict over her brother's death. And then Killmonger is more who she sides with. And she's like, no. And and she fights with that version of herself also. And then chooses the yellow helmet over the purple one. And and that's kind of where I thought, okay, so she's the Killmonger going forward. And I thought somebody else was going to take on. Yellow versus purple. We, I'm not tracking with you. The, the Oh, uh, Killmonger's suit had a little bit of yellow in it. Right. Very His well. accented by yellow and... and T'Challa is mm-hmm. accented by purple. <laughs> right before she's about to kill Namor, she hears her mom's voice, and you yeah. get to see yeah, her yeah. in the ancestral plane talking. Her. Again, although necessary for the story, I do. This is a two-hour and forty-five-minute movie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there were some things we could have done without. I would have liked more steps along between her choosing Killmonger's path and yeah, the final battle where she's like, "Oh wait, I have a vision of my mom. I'm not gonna do it." After I, she I, rips his wing off his <laughs> oh foot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And God, like, like I, I, there was a, a good character moment where M- she goes to M'Baku and is like, no. M'Baku tries to be like, don't listen to the rage. And she's like, no. She call, she calls in her, her dead brother's favor a couple times. Like one to Martin Freeman's character. And, and to, in the scene where she is in the, snow, the Jabari land. And is like, no, I'm going to go kill this guy and you're going to help me. And... Winston Duke does a really phenomenal job face acting of like, man, she's not right, but I have no way to argue with her. I think, uh, I think Killmonger talks to her and says something like, so are you, you going to be passive like your brother? Are you going to get revenge like me? And she just goes, I'm not my brother. I'm like, yeah. okay, <laughs> strap in. <laughs> not yeah. where I thought this was going. Yeah. 
Uh, but no, I thought that was a really well done final battle. There are lots of CGI. Again, I don't really understand the plan of uh, going to the water people's home to fight them. Doesn't make right. a lot of sense to me. Right. Seemed like a lot more of the Wakandans died than what ended up being back in Wakanda at the end of the movie. Those are neither here nor there. The Predator suit, the Midnight Angels thing, yep. is very comic accurate. I just didn't love the way it looked in real life. Yep. yep, yep, yep. I think it looked a lot more like Predator than it did like the Midnight <laughs> Angel costume. Um, and then Riri Williams, I thought was really fun in that scene as well. I think that, that I don't know that actress's name. She's a stud. She's going to be great. Um, Dominique Thorne is what okay. the movie tells me. I thought that she was great. Um, and then you get that ending scene where Shuri meets her nephew, the son of T'Challa, uh, yes. Toussaint. I, I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right. And then he said, that's my Haitian name. My real name is T'Challa. Yeah. Um, and that was the big, like, whoa moment after she gets to grieve and birth yep. her, uh, her funeral robe. Um, and I I wasn't sure what I was expecting for the post credit scene. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I think it was yeah. a genius move by Ryan Coogler and the team. Um, they now get to kind of let Black Panther be. Oh, and then when they separate, M'Baku is going to be the king of Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. just going to be the Black Panther. There, That allows for A, Wakanda to have a ruler. B, for Black Panther to go off and do some fun stuff. Maybe join the West Coast Avengers. Maybe help lead the Young Avengers. Maybe join right, the right. Avengers in the fight against Kang. Um, to do a lot, bunch of fun stuff. And it also buys time for T'Challa's son to grow up, which I thought they had a really great explanation for that too, that he didn't want him to be raised like he was, T'Challa was, and only see Wakanda. Wants him to see the world and understand where Wakanda fits and could fit in that world. I thought that was really, really good writing. But I I think this opens up the door to let her do her own thing and Baku still takes care of Wakanda. Also give this young boy some years for the story purpose to like grow and learn about how to be a great ruler. But also for the MCU purpose, they can kind of put the famous Black Panther storylines, the battles against Namor. Uh, he wears the Infinity Gauntlet at one point in time in the comics. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but they give all that. They can kind of push that aside a little bit and get through the next couple phases of the MCU and then come back in five, six, seven, eight years to a teenage T'Challa that, hey, now yeah. you can become the Black Panther that, you know, the story is yeah. that, Chadwick Boseman didn't get to tell, they'll get to do, still get to do yeah. those uh, just in a different way. So I thought that was actually genius. I don't know that I wanted that or thought that it would yeah. be a good idea, but I think it was actually genius. And I thought it was some really, really great writing to make it all make sense yeah. uh, and not to feel like it was undeserved at any point of those times. Um, seeing M'Baku take over, seeing uh, Shuri get a chance, her chance to mourn. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. And t- also to Marvel's credit, they didn't know that Shuri's character was going to be well liked. But I mean, that's a lot of 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 pressure to put on a side character in your first movie to take on all of the reins of the second one. Mm-hmm. So to have kind of a backdoor of like, if people didn't like her performance, to if she didn't step up to the plate and just crush it like she did, um, we have this person who can take on the mantle also. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think it's really well written. One of the few post credit scenes that actually matter in a Marvel movie. It's been a while since we've had anything yep. other than just a, oh, this is a random character. This is Bruce Campbell showing up in a Sam mm-hmm. Raimi movie or something. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really liked that. I, I really liked that circle and and 
added some explanation for Nakia's character as well. Mm-hmm. They wrapped up a lot of plot holes and yes. they, they set up some stuff really well. Uh, we we blew past a lot of stuff. Uh, Angela Bassett's character was phenomenal. Her death scene was really tragic too. Um, I, I want to get to the pros and cons of this movie. To me, the pros of this movie was every single actor, I thought, did a really, really great job in their role and then upping it to the next level that they needed to, to carry the torch and to carry... Yeah. Instead of Chadwick Boseman just having the whole movie on his back like he did in the right. first one, they all kind of collectively picked it up together. And Shuri and Riri Williams ended up running off with it at the end, I think. <laughs> um, but they all did a great job. My con to that is that this movie's so freaking long because they gave every single character yeah. like their own scene to mourn and to grieve and you as the audience do it with them, which I think was necessary for three or four of them. I don't know if we need to see it eight times, uh, but I get it. And then I think that the writing for this movie was really, really, really good. Yeah. They took some really hard stuff. They found a way to make it uh, digestible. They found a way to tie up loose ends, plot holes. They found a way to make a really cool, bright future for a franchise that probably, the Black Panther franchise at least, should probably not have been able to go on. Um, they set it up for it being even more exciting going forward. Um, so I, I thought that that was a huge, huge pro and so good for, for Ryan Coogler and the team. Um, they, they knocked that writing part out of, out of the park. Right. I know. I, I agree with you that they, they, there are so many hurdles that this movie should not have been able to overcome. And that feels like they took them in stride. They yeah. handled them appropriately uh, and honestly, it may have added some buoyancy to raise this film up a little bit higher than, for all intents and purposes, it should have been. Um, you're right in to say that they split up a lot of the the new a lot of the the weight that Chadwick Boseman was carrying was split up really well, really beautifully among a lot of the side characters who stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park. Uh, really brought to the screen a lot of stuff we hadn't seen from them before um i i liked how they handled namor's character i think a lot of my cons kind of fall in the the talukan story of this sure, movie that was too long too i'm with you on that yes and, and I, I don't know how much of this of that is the the story writers or the creators fault and how much of it is just that hard to create a believable and interesting underwater world sure. and put it on the screen. Uh, I just, I, I don't know if that's believable ever. I don't know if we're there yet as a, as a, a media as, in movies. I, I didn't like it in Aquaman. I thought I it was cooler it was, than Aquaman's at least. I agree. A hundred percent. I liked it more here. I just have not a hundred percent bought in. I didn't like a ton of the, the backstory with namor and his mom and they take the herb and then this they you know i get that you 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 have to cover a whole bunch of ground like yeah 500 years of stuff that being said namor's character i didn't really have a problem with the performance was great believable strong he was intimidating he was believable when he was making threats and that's Mm -hmm. not always easy to do um the wings like you said were the coolest they've ever been (laughs) And him darting through the sky was very cool. Yes, yeah. I think that added a lot of weight to how cool the wings were. And then, uh, you know, we get a mutant. He's very powerful. He's believably powerful. I had someone ask me at my work, ask me what the biggest difference was between this movie 
and like Thor Love and Thunder because that was like yeah. the last one they'd seen. <laughs> and I don't know a better way of saying it, that this movie gave an S about the past, the present, and the future of the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. And that was very, very apparent in not just the writing, but also the way they set things up, the way they close things off, um, the way they let you as an audience member go through this this weird thing you had to get through with kind of mourning, mourning a fictional character, also being sad about the real-life human being um, that's gone. Um, and they did it so well, whereas Thor Love and Thunder was a bunch of fart jokes for two hours back to back to back. <laughs> and it didn't really care about anything you'd seen or you're going to see or what you are currently seeing. Yeah. Um, which is why I think this is this like really tip of the hat to Marvel. I haven't been able to redo my list yet of my MCU rankings, mm-hmm. but I think this one's going to be high. I want to see it one more time when I'm a little bit more relaxed and I'm not kind of on the edge of my seat being like, how are they going to pull this off? Now that I know they pulled it off, I want to watch it again. Um, right. But this this is such a different, so different from Thor Love and Thunder. This movie had soul and yeah. and there was no soul in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. It was yeah. soulless. On, I, I will say on my second viewing of this movie, it was more impactful. I, really? I was more invested. I was more impacted by the performances um, to the movie's credit. I, I think with great, with really good stories like this is, this is a movie built on character choices. This is a movie built on progressing the story and you are, this world is taken seriously. Like you said, I think there is something to be said about having to sit with this movie for some time before you can accurately rate it. Like, I, I think if I were to put it in my top, you know, if I were trying to rank it among the top, the past 30 Marvel movies that come out, I think I would change it every week, uh, how yeah. high or how low I put it. Um, I'd be interested to see, uh, you know, two months from now, whether I put it above or below the original Black Panther. Oh, wow. Okay. The, I was the, just thinking it's not close. It's way better than the first one for me. But I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. We didn't hit on a lot of stuff that I was hoping to, but we've been way too long. Final thoughts. I sincerely believe this should get Oscar consideration for writing or adaptation of a writing and Angela Bassett for supporting actress in a film. I I fully believe that and I don't I I feel like I could sell that to anybody and I would not feel <laughs> silly about that. Whereas for like Spider-Man No Way Home, I was like, oh, Tom Holland was pretty great. <laughs> like, I, this one I would not have a hard time selling that I do yeah. actually believe those two things. And cinematography too. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how they filmed all of that uh, all Talacon place. I'm yeah. sure a lot of it was green screen, but like I couldn't tell. Right. So I, a lot of it looked like it was in water. Um, also costuming. I mean, all of yeah, the... Yeah, set design. All the visual. I, I think this yes. is a really good movie. I I I would not feel silly saying that Angela Bassett and Ryan Coogler deserve multiple Oscar considerations for what they've done. I really enjoyed it, man. I'm really looking forward to see what they do in the future. And also, I think I'm gonna watch it again just because like I kind of want to be sad about Chadwick Boseman uh, one more time for sure. Yeah. And then and then kind of feel at peace with the whole thing. Well, listener, thank you for sticking around this long for our breakdown of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. If you haven't seen the movie yet, what a weird decision you've made. But we appreciate your listen nonetheless. Check us out next week as we talk about something else we haven't planned it out yet. If you've got an idea that we should be talking about, let us know at NTPOID Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.